Who doesn't love a good old-fashioned poltergeist? Flying objects, flickering lights, and damaged photos. The story of the Black Monk of Pontefract features all of the classic paranormal occurrences associated with the haunting. Today we'll tell the story of the Pritchard family and the creepy encounters they had with some sort of spirit living inside their home. Different from other stories, however, many townspeople also witnessed these events in the family's house. So is it true? Let's talk about it. Also, fuck you, Aunt Maud. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. You can imagine Mike's disappointment when he found out that the Black Monk of Pontefract wasn't a new 18% Imperial Russian stout. So stick around. Today we have a sobering tale to tell. This is Necronomapod. It's probably best to distinguish poltergeist cases from haunting cases. Okay. Now, haunting cases tend to be recurrent psychokinetic events that are related to a place. They mm-hmm. center around a place, a place-centered phenomenon. Poltergeist cases center rather around a person, a so-called poltergeist agent. The received view of what goes on in a poltergeist case is that the agent, typically a teenager or an adolescent, is someone who has some serious emotional difficulties, no conventional or easy way to deal with those very powerful emotions. And so the phenomena are like a kind of brute psychic flailing about. Trading in beer cans for coffee mugs. Light outside. Yeah. It's nice and got some daylight coming through here. <laughs> I don't think we've ever recorded this early in uh, in the day. Mm-mm. You got any bourbon in, uh, in your coffee over there? <laughs> I'm actually, I'm done with the coffee. I'm now on a delicious Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. <laughs> one of the official sponsors of Chase Elliott and another number nine Chevy Camaro. Yeah. Well, I'm going to drink it then. Yeah, of course. That's why I drink it. <laughs> no, it's what fuels winners. <laughs> So yeah, this is a little different. We had some scheduling changes, and we're doing a little Saturday morning recording session. Yeah, and by the time this drops, we'll be at your uh, your NASCAR party tomorrow. My, my Daytona 500 party, but well, yeehaw! Yeah, and we'll be and then we'll be drunk early in the day. Also yeah. true. Today we'll take it easy. Yeah. So this is what all of us sober sounds like. Welcome. <laughs> I think it's going to be about the same as you'll find. Hopefully. Yeah, and it's nice because we're finally not talking about murder or cannibalism. First time of 2020, I think. Yeah, getting back into uh, to the world of the spooky tonight. Because we released the first week of the of January, didn't we re- release the Patreon Son of Sam, yep. right? And then we went right into John Bonet, Joseph Callinger. Callinger was in December, I think, wasn't he? We, we haven't done anything paranormal since the middle of December. Yeah, boy, it's been a lot of death. <laughs> I like these stories better. You can have more fun with creepy, these. creepy. Yeah, yeah, these and the cults are fun too. Although who'd have thought Barney would show up for a cannibal show? So you, <laughs> you never, never, you never know what's going to happen. You never know where people are going to show up. Barney got over too. People enjoyed Barney. Yeah. Maybe a new shirt, Barney Dave. <laughs> it's kind of good. So all right, well let's just dive into this one. All right, jump right in. This one's really interesting. I mean, pol- poltergeists are my favorite type of uh, type of ghost story, but this one is interesting because this family didn't go out and look for uh didn't publicize this at all mm-hmm. and this we'll get into it this happened in the 60s and it wasn't until the 80s that they were tracked down by colin wilson who wrote the book uh it was like a study on poltergeist and someone through the grapevine was like hey go find this pritchard mm-hmm. family because they have a crazy poltergeist story yeah. 
When you contrast that with like the Amityville horror where it happened day one as soon as they moved in and they were, you know, wanted to tell the whole world. <laughs> yeah. They sat up that one night yeah. and drank, what they say? They drank a bunch of wine, got smashed, and just came up with the story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. The shit on the bowl. <laughs> Right. My favorite mic. You never know when they're going to pop up. And I th- I feel like the Enfield one's credible too, but that also got publicized mm. throughout. You know, there was a lot of uh, media showing up for that. Yeah. Nothing like that in this case. So the story officially began in 1966 at 30 East Drive in Pontefract, which is a historic market town in West Yorkshire, England. The family had lived in the home for a few years by this time. And consisted of Jean and Joe Pritchard and their children, Philip, age 15, and Diane, age 12. In August of 1966, the family planned to go on a vacation, but Philip didn't want to go. Jean and Joe decided they would let him stay home, but Jean's mother, Sarah, would come over and stay with Philip for that time. He's like, sweet, they're leaving me home. Get some weed, party, get laid. And they're like, uh, Grandma's coming over. <laughs> <laughs> the week had started off normal, but by Thursday, things started to get weird in the Pritchard home. While Philip was outside in the backyard, his grandmother was inside and recalled that the, te- that the temperature changed in the house all of a sudden and went from it just dropped to being really cold for August. As she noticed this temperature change, a gust of wind hit the house, causing the back window shutters to slam shut. The temperature change is a common thing with poltergeist, right? Yeah. Sudden drop of. Yeah. yeah. The window shutter slamming would freak the hell out of me. That'd be crazy. A little bit. Yeah. Especially on a day that it's not windy. Right. Because that's what she she called out to Philip out in the backyard and asked him what it, what if it was like windy out there or what was going on. He was like, it's normal. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Nothing going on. Because I guess it wouldn't be uncommon for August for like a storm to blow in, you know, to blow in and just yeah. rattle the shutters. But old Philip's like, nah, grandma, it's cool. Said <laughs> how he said it? Probably. <laughs> grandma, oh. I see anything. <laughs> the 60s who knew how they talked back then there's no recorded documents of that no did they even have audio recording back then i don't think they had anything <laughs> philip eventually came in and made his grandmother a cup of tea and when he was doing this he noticed that the whitewashing on the walls and ceilings just started to disintegrate and fall like it was snowing in the kitchen and they were saying like it was building it was like falling to the point where it was like building up on the ground that's wild Spot yeah, a tea, Nana. What, what in the fuck is this? <laughs> the whitewashing's falling off the walls. <laughs> so he called his grandmother in, and they were just, they were just watching and they couldn't you know they couldn't figure out what was going on. So they called his grandmother called her sister Marie to come over and take a look because this family like they all lived within like a block of each other. Uh, one of those families. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by fun i mean not fun <laughs> always up in each other's business yeah when marie was looking at the walls trying to figure out what was going on she noticed a puddle of water on the floor she cleaned it up but immediately noticed another puddle and every time she cleaned a puddle of water one would appear on the kitchen floor and these puddles were just manifesting out of nowhere and they were perfectly round. There was no sign of splashing. Like you could think maybe something was dripping from the ceiling, mm-hmm. maybe, but they were just perfect circles of water. And she would just watch them form after she cleaned it up. It was kind of like how I read it was that she would clean it up, stand up, 
and like look over and here's another mm. puddle of water. This kitchen has more puddles than the front row of a Necronomapod live show. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Well, it's usually because I have to pee so much. Where am I, where am I supposed to pee? Just pee in the front row. I'll have to do a catheter or something. You get that stadium, buddy. You wrap it around your leg. Good just, to go. Yeah. I'm gonna. I just unless people want me walking off stage every ten minutes. That would be pretty entertaining. We're gonna have to pause the show every fifteen got, minutes. Everyone just sits there quiet. <laughs> like elevator music comes on, and we'll mic the bathroom so you can hear him pissing. If, if that's your thing, all right. We'll have to put you behind uh, something. Like Jim Jones had the altar and he would just piss in a bucket <laughs> instead of stop talking. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> Did you hear me like start, stop, start, stop, start, stop? I'm a nervous tear. <laughs> Knowing there's like all these eyes waiting and watching. Oh boy, that gives me anxiety. Anyways. <laughs> so at this point, their other sister, Enid, had come to the house to witness what was going on. And they called the water company to help with the these puddles of water because they figured that there was a, a broken pipe that was just causing this water to come up through the floor. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. Yeah, just through the tile. Just, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really come. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like that name, Enid. That's a cool name. Isn't that a character in The Walking Dead? Isn't that Carl's girlfriend, if I remember yes, correctly? Yes, it was. That's right. Yeah. That's cool. You like, I don't like that name. No? Enid? No. I like it. So a guy from the water company came out Checked all the pipes in the house, found that none were broken, and he couldn't really figure out what was causing the puddles of water, so he just he left to do other jobs on his schedule and said he'd come back later. And it's weird, too, because they were talking, these were linoleum floors, and um, they kind of had, like, ridges to them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, the floor wasn't exactly even, so the water, I mean, there would be, like, just no way that it would be a complete, like, a perfect circle of yeah, water. Yeah. Hmm. And like you said, it also makes no sense that it would just magically come up <laughs> through the floor. It's wild. Um, so after he left, the puddles of water and the disintegrating of the whitewash on the wall stopped until 7 p.m. that night. At that time, both Philip and his grandmother watched as the tea dispenser, along with the sugar dispenser, started to work on their own, shooting tea and sugar everywhere. And they could both see that the buttons on these dispensers were physically being pushed up and down. Like they could see the buttons going up and down on it. Oh, freak you out. Yeah. crazy. And they said it like once it ran out, once they were completely empty, it's like the buttons just kept pushing down like it was trying to get more out. Mm. They do love their tea. It, it's like coffee over there, I guess. Or that's at least how I picture it. When it's tea time, it's tea time. Sugar dispenser. What's that? That's pretty cool. It just... Shoots a little bunch of sh a like a pre-measured th yeah. thing yeah. of sugar. Hmm. We're going backwards as a society, I think. Simple times. Back then. I mean, does that exist now? I mean, I'm sure it does. But, Simple yeah. pleasures, if yeah. you will. So as they watched these buttons just keep pushing up and down, they heard a crash come from the hallway behind them. When they went to see what it was, the lights in the hallway that had been that previously had been turned off were now on and a potted plant that usually sat at the bottom of the stairs was now at the top of the stairs it, it was unbroken but this pot was now sitting at the top but all the soil from inside the pot and the plant itself were just sitting in the middle of the staircase like in a nice neat pile wow i like to think that the ghost was like carrying the plant up the steps to fuck with them and like tripped and that's what like, the soil <laughs> fell out he's like oh fuck and he had to like scurry up quick and put it there in my mind, this is like a scary movie type uh, poltergeist where like the, he's just fucking up all the time or he's getting high. 
<laughs> Wasn't that the one scene where he's high and he's got the scream mask on and it looks all baked? Yeah. What, it was, he was smoking with one of the Wayans brothers. I feel like every paranormal story we've done, we've brought up scary movies. That's so funny. I, hey, I like them. All, I think they're all funny. 36 of them that they made. <laughs> the second one's the best. Which one was that one? The, the, my strong hand one that you always talk about. <laughs> Pick my strong hand. <laughs> These guys were probably so scared their uh, their summer teeth were chattering. <laughs> I would imagine so. It's pretty creepy. Can't blame them for that. And those British, I mean, you know, the British with their rotten teeth. <laughs> the summer teeth, summer here, summer there. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> I got the blank stare from you guys. I thought you just meant they had fake teeth they oh. put in because their teeth were nasty. Summer teeth, summer here, summer there. <laughs> Well, that's on us, Dave. We didn't get that one. <laughs> Sorry. You had an all right joke. We ruined it. Take two. Well, it was August when this was happening, so I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, so there's summer teeth, I guess. <laughs> I just thought he was making a joke about putting in fake teeth because their teeth rotted out. You know what? Bring it up later, and we'll sell it like crazy. <laughs> I'll fall off my stool. <laughs> no offense to our fran- fans in Britain. I don't know where that... That whole British well, we don't have bad them. teeth gag comes from. We but. don't have them anymore. They all left after that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were starting to get scared by this, so they called Marie back over. When Marie got back to the house, they all observed the cupboards in the house shaking violently, and they said it was like someone was locked inside of them. Like the doors weren't actually open and shut, and they were just like vibrating, like shaking. Like someone was trying to push out. Right. And all of these noises were experienced by the Pritchard's next-door neighbor who they shared a wall with because this was kind of like a duplex kind of setup. So Marie experiences this for a bit and makes the joke to Philip and his grandmother that they're welcome to come stay with her because she doesn't have any ghosts at her house. Oh, hilarious, Aunt Marie. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> they said they would let Marie know, but they were going to try and sleep sleep there. And as they were getting ready for bed, Philip's dresser started to rock back and forth, and they described it like a drunk person trying to walk. So that's that w- hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture it like teetering, <laughs> but moving forward. Yeah, that is that's nuts. Yeah, yeah. So that was it. They were like, "All right, we're going to stay Fuck at Marie's." Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good time to make that call. Yeah, when the dresser's walking by itself. So they went to sleep at Marie's that night. They had no issues. But Marie's husband, Vic, went to the house because he thought for sure there had to be someone who broke into the house or messing with them or, or something. So he called the police, and there were four officers that met him at the Pritchard home. They went in, but there was none of the phenomena occurred while they were in there. Nothing was going not. on. The cops saw in the, the Enfield one, they saw some of the activity, if I remember, right? It happened like, while like the police were... Like a girl jumping off of her bed. <laughs> Like the knocking and stuff happened when the police were in the house. If I remember correctly, it was something with the marbles, too, Mm. maybe. Like rolling down the the hallway or something? Something weird. Because the one police officer made it in in her report. She made a report of it. Yeah, She got ridiculed big time for it, but she made her Mm -hmm. report. Vic then went and talked to a neighbor named Mr. O'Donnell, who was known to be really interested in the paranormal. And, of course, this guy was just awake at, like, midnight that night, ready to talk about ghosts. Well, all, <laughs> all of you weirdos are. You can be the same way. Yeah. The armchair paranormal expert. Yeah. Next door. I was going to say, this guy is by no means, like, an expert. He's just into it. So he's like, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> so he came to the house and also didn't experience any of the phenomena. He, but he told Vic, based on what he was going on, what they were explaining, that it sounded like they had a poltergeist. 
as Mr. O'Donnell was leaving the house, he said, be careful. Poltergeists like to destroy things like family photos and stuff like that. And as soon as he left, Vic, Vic heard a crash, went to see what it was, and two oil paintings were knocked from the wall, and Gene and Joe's wedding picture was torn in half. Mm. Mr. O'Donnell was a psychic, well, too. He say, predicted it. Do you think he's being a bit of a troll there? Like, if he knows how poltergeists work, and then you're going to say that in the house, <laughs> and then be like, well, bye. Yeah. Like, he just set up uh, Vic. Yeah. Well, the poltergeist. He knew it. what he was doing, a piece of shit. <laughs> It's like the poltergeist was like, oh, yeah, I do like to destroy stuff. Hold on. Let me, let me dust up some stuff real quick. Yeah, thanks, O'Donnell. Thanks, neighbor. I forgot I like to do that. <laughs> yeah. O'Donnell's like, be careful. He's known to do this. <laughs> well, see you later. After this phenomenon stopped, and when Joe, Jean, and Diane got back from their vacation, they were met with all the family members telling them what happened. Yeah, because they were gone all week. They had no idea any of this was happening. Yeah. And Joe said that he thought that they were just trying to pull a prank on him or something. And he asked them what kind of sounds they were hearing. They said that they they heard a lot of knocking. They were describing stuff. And right at the moment that they said knocking, they heard three loud knocks that were like those classic poltergeist ones we've talked about. But you hear them, but you can't really. Mm-hmm. They just seem like they come out of nowhere. And like slow and deliberate, right? Yeah. Like knock, knock, knock. Right. Type, yeah. And you can't really tell if it's like a wall over here or where it just like comes out of nowhere. And that was it from the poltergeist for the next two years, Thursday through Friday. I thought, I thought that was the end of the episode. You remember like, that was it for uh... <laughs> three knocks and I'm out. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. He was, he was done. When the poltergeist came back two years later, instead of lasting one long night, it lasted for nine months. It started with bed sheets being removed from the beds and being left in the middle of the hallway. And this was a while people, while they were sleeping in bed and stuff. After That's creepy. Th- yeah. That just reminds me of paranormal activity. And that movie freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. yeah that first one was crazy. It was terrifying. And they had to make like 12 more and ruin it. If they would have just yeah, had the one, right. it would have been awesome. They made bank off that first one. Then it was really cheap to make. Like it, 10 grand. Yeah. That guy made it. They made a ton. The most expensive cost. I always remember this. The most expensive cost in that movie was uh, putting the wood flooring in for the house. Right, because everything else was just like those little like security cameras, wasn't it? Yeah. Like you didn't even have it was nothing. But he wanted to put the wood flooring in for the movie, and that was the most expensive part of that film. Yeah, it made a hundred million dollars or something. Yeah, that movie's terrifying. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. So I we, think I've seen every one of those. Because then they made like Paranormal Activity, like The Others or something like that. Do you guys remember that? Like they got really weird with mm-hmm. it. I saw. I remember it. I saw the second one. It was all right. They progressively got worse. Yeah. So what do we think this poltergeist was on vacation for a couple of years? Went to the beach to haunt people in the Bahamas or something like yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Is that common for like it just to be like, I'm going to take a break? Well, the, there's always the, the theory with uh, with poltergeist because it, it seems like they always happen around teenage kids and like energy changes and stuff. So Philip at the time's 15. He's going through some puberty changes. And then it just stops. And now, two years later, Diane's going through some puberty changes. And okay, yeah, we talked about that before. Okay, because that's kind of what happened in Enfield. Yeah. Okay. I just, it might just get boring to haunt the same family all the time. You're like, eh, if I could someone jump else, right? I could jump around. I'd jump around. Yeah. <laughs> after these bed sheets being taken off the bed and, and being put in the middle of the hallway, after that lasted for a couple days. It moved to potted plants being pushed off where they were sitting and breaking on the ground. So he was just straight up breaking them now. Progressively getting a little aggressive here. Yeah. 
And while all this was going on, they were experiencing those sudden changes in, in temperature, like the hallmark of a haunting. <laughs> Is that true? I don't I, know. I think you just titled your next movie, Dave. <laughs> yeah. The hallmark of a haunting. But we've seen that before. After a week or so of dealing with this nuisance type uh, phenomena, the poltergeist ramped up the activity. One night, Gene was walking through the house while everyone was sleeping when a paintbrush flew through the air and started waving at her like it was trying to hit her. As she was cornered by this paintbrush, and it was, she said it was just like going up and down in her face, like wouldn't let her move. That's wild. She said that when she was cornered, she saw a piece of wallpaper peel down from the wall, and then she said it rose up from the floor and started bobbing up and down like a cobra. And she screamed, woke up the whole family, and when they came out, just tons of objects went flying through the air, and a board that had been nailed above the, above a window ripped from the wall and went flying at them, but stopped right before it hit them. And that's like kind of con- that's mm. a lot with poltergeists. Like they just do enough, like get it to a point. They never really hurt anybody. Like actually, really They're just hurt. having fun. Well, speaking of bobbing up and down, <laughs> that's all I got. I just want to say. <laughs> I, I just There's think also it, a cobra joke in there, probably. Probably, yeah. somewhere, something. Rising like a cobra, hashtag blue chew, hashtag where's our sponsorship. <laughs> I just think if stuff like this happened, there'd be one legitimate video. This is 60. Well, we already somewhere. covered this, Dave. There's, that yeah. technology didn't exist. They didn't even have audio back then, remember? <laughs> but what, like, if they didn't, like, you don't have, you, you didn't have, like, recording equipment in your house in the, the I, 60s. I know, you know I'm just I mean? saying, like, if stuff like this happens, I would expect at some point along the way. I agree, and that's why I would question any a lot of the stuff that happens now because you don't see it, you know, or you see like security footage camera that it could just, you know, it could be anything. But that's what I mean. Like everyone has a um, a camera in their pocket now that they can record video. So why isn't this stuff happening now? When the only video I can think of is when uh, that group did the Philip experiment. That was fucking weird. Were they the table rolling around the room? Yeah, they man, they manifested that poltergeist just based off of thought. What episode did we cover that in? Was that Enfield? Zoso and Zoso. the Philip experiment. Can fans find that anywhere? That episode Available anywhere? In the archives. I don't think we've ever talked about that episode. Yeah, I liked it. That Is was it weird. Is that we Zozo Zozo Zoso the Ouija board <laughs> demon? Well, go listen to that episode. It's it starts with the Z. You'll find it. That was a bonus show. I think someone had yeah. requested that, and we looked in there and were like, this would be fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Just for the Philip experiment alone, go check that episode out. Available in the archives. And that's one of the only videos I, I feel yeah. like I can think of. But they, yeah, the table was moving all crazy. I've never seen anything but, like that. Like, go back to your point. I agree with you. Like, I'm doubtful enough about all of this. Right. There's no footage of any of this. The same, like, we've had that conversation with, like, why aren't there UFOs over New York City? or alien abductions yeah. where, where there's people to see it. It always happens where it's conveniently not where anyone's around. And so I, that, that plays up my doubtfulness. Well, we had mm-hmm. Heather Dobson, the interview with her. I mean, they have some videos of things moving on her, her paranormal they do. things. That's true. But I, I feel like poltergeists are, I mean, as we get through this, it, it seems like they, at least this one hears what is being said and, and bases what it's doing around that. So, mm-hmm. If they're like, hey, we're going to record this, maybe. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything then. Good point. You're not getting me on, the on one, camera. There's that one video from um, Heather Dobson with the, the door closing, which is pretty creepy mm-hmm. in the hallway. 
opening. It was opening, I think. Yeah. The door opened. The, I, I loved the one with the equipment, the like heavy camera thing. And they noticed that it was like completely on the other side by the end of a video. And it just like tiny increments, like over mm-hmm. 20 minutes, they fast forwarded it and it just moved. That was really, that was a cool one. So their first thought was to get a priest in there from their church and, uh, and do something about it. No comment, Dave. Okay. <laughs> I immediately started looking at you when I heard priest because it's just like Pavlov's dog. I'm just looking up when I hear priest. Like Dwight with and puts his hand out with the uh, mint. Yeah. Well, I was going to let him finish the sentence. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. When they approached this guy, um, Reverend Davey, about the poltergeist, he declined to get involved. Well, maybe they should have told him the poltergeist was manifesting itself as a naked altar boy, and then he would have been running over there. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna have to answer. It's ang- all about timing, Mike. Angry social media posts about that one. <laughs> Do people really get angry over that? I've had a deal with one or two. Really? I think I've told really? you guys about those though. Yeah, we've discussed it. Uh, eh. Rolls right off my back. <laughs> so after a couple more times of asking, the Reverend decided that he would come sit at the house for a while just to kind of make the Pritchards happy. So the only thing ha- that happened initially was a candlestick fell off the shelf. And the reverend's like, well, it's just like the foundation settling or something like that. But then from another room, they heard a huge crash. They went to see what it was and found that the china cabinet was completely knocked over. The china was all over the floor, but none of it was broken. It wasn't Mm. cracked, chipped, nothing. With this, the reverend still wasn't much of a help. He just told the preachers that they have something evil in their house and they should just move that it would either that it would hurt them or kill them if they didn't leave. So he's like, just move from your house. Oh. You should probably just move because you'll you'll die. <laughs> Priests are usually so helpful. That's weird. You have one day. Yeah. <laughs> when the reverend left, the poltergeist took this as a cue, almost like it could hurt them, but it wouldn't. A large bookshelf that weighed they said it weighed like at least a hundred pounds fell on top of Diane, and it, it just held her down. Didn't hurt her, and it, you would assume it could have easily killed her, but it just just like weighed on top of her, like almost like it was just something unseen was just like holding it right over top of her and wouldn't let yeah. her move. The family tried to pull it off, but it wouldn't budge, and then Diane said that she felt something change, like there was just something about, I don't know if it's like the energy around her or something changed, she told the family to try and pull it off again. They pulled it off. They said it was just like super light, like a feather. All of a sudden, they were oh. just able to pull it off. And maybe it was Jesus helping. Oh, you think Jesus helped pull it off? Maybe Jesus helps everything. If you, if so you I've heard into your life. <laughs> so attacking somebody with a bookshelf—that's a novel idea. <laughs> <laughs> There's that cringe humor we, we get told about sometimes. <laughs> Puns are still the best, man. Can't beat a good pun. All right, we made up for the summer one. That was a good hearty laugh. (laughs) Throughout these big displays of of moving things or knocking things over, the poltergeist is still constantly doing annoying things. And the family starts referring to him as Mr. Nobody. And Gene starts to specifically call him Fred. And from this point forward, we're going to call the poltergeist Fred. If only they would have named him Barney. <laughs> Imagine only. where this episode would have went. Hello, Pritchard. <laughs> <laughs> I said, all right, so Fred it is moving forward. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. 
Is there something that interferes with your happiness? Something preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment that's totally convenient. At BetterHelp, you can get help on your own time at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. They offer licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. Anything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is kept completely confidential. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. BetterHelp offers 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states and also has services available worldwide. Sign up is simple, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Financial aid is also available for those who qualify. And remember, BetterHelp is secure, convenient, and professional. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Necronomapod listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code NECRO. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com necro. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com necro. As Fred continued to be a nuisance for the Pritchards, they started to invite people from the town to come see what was going on because word had started to spread a bit throughout the town. So they're like, all right, yeah, come over and see whatever, you know. Um, and this was basically the whole community. Even the mayor came to watch uh, Fred move stuff around and, and do stuff. So it's surprising that nobody reached out to the news or anything, and no one had ever really heard of this until later on. The way I... It was like the town's little secret. Yeah, and the way I read it was, it, it's just a really small town, and they didn't... Uh, they don't like outsiders, so they're like, that's eh, our cool little thing, yeah. One story in particular was this woman named Renee who came over. This woman claimed to have been a psychic or been like in tune with, with oh, that kind of stuff. Okay. Her and Jean were in the kitchen preparing some chicken salad sandwiches when the lights went out. And when the lights came back on, the chicken sandwiches were just thrown everywhere. And one looked like it had a huge bite taken out of it. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Renee's over there wiping her mouth and the lights come back on. <laughs> you know what the fuck you like, did. Is that mayo on your chin, uh, Marie? <laughs> or Renee? Sorry. <laughs> You're still hung up on Aunt Marie over there. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Lights go out. You take a big ass bite. Who doesn't love chicken salad sandwiches? <laughs> Or Fred's hungry. Who knows? Yeah, I'm, I guess that's what we're alluding to here. He's just being a massive troll to everybody. <laughs> just ruining shit. <laughs> Renee would also say that when she was in the house, she would feel like bugs were crawling all over. Eventually, Renee thought it would be a good idea to start trying to communicate with Fred. Like the whole give us a sign if you're here, uh, if you can understand what we're saying kind of stuff. When she did this, Fred responded by taking everything from the second floor hallway that wasn't nailed down or anything and just throwing it all down the stairs. <laughs> Damn, pal. Another woman who was a family member, Aunt Maud, was very skeptical of what was going on and thought for sure that it was the children, Philip and Diane, responsible for everything. Fuck Aunt Maud. Where does she get off? <laughs> so Aunt Maud came into the house being very negative basically was like i'm gonna get to the bottom of all this yeah and no no she's smarter than everybody else no one else could figure it out but aunt maude she's she's gonna crack the case <laughs> do you do you have like a do you have a family member that acts like aunt maude no but she just comes in and she's just all bitchy about things and hating on the kids like what does she think uh 
what's the girl's name? Diane just threw a bookshelf on top of her. Yeah, like, I, settle down, Maud. I picture Maud as Aunt Marge from uh, Harry Potter, the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> well, I don't. That care. lady <laughs> yeah. who ends I, up floating away when Harry <laughs> inflates her. Was she a terrible woman? Yes. Well, then, exactly. Pain in the ass. <laughs> Maud, you probably like that name too, Dave. Maud. Eh. Like, here's my kids, Enid and Maud. <laughs> So the first thing that happened was that the lights went out and a pitcher of milk came out of the refrigerator and just turned upside down on Maud's head. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Best thing I heard all day. After this, Maud further swears that it was the kids doing it and just straight up invites herself to stay the night at the house and get the bo- get to the bottom of it. <laughs> and nothing happens for a while. Until she realized that her expensive gloves went missing, and she was irritated by it, and she was like, "I." She figured that they would they would show up that night. The family got ready for bed, and Aunt Ma was sharing a room with Jean and Diane. And the only light in this room was a small table or a small lamp that was on a table. All of a sudden, as they were getting ready to turn off the lights, the lamp rose from the table and floated to the doorway. At the same time downstairs, Philip was getting ready to sleep on the couch when four small light bulbs that powered the electric fireplace unscrewed and floated upstairs. <laughs> These small light bulbs joined the floating lamp and started circling it. While this is going on, Aunt Maud's gloves come in. <laughs> and these, there's a wild scene <laughs> happening yeah. now. Yeah. That's what I was saying before we started recording. I feel like Fred is like this straight up like hold my beer type uh right. type entities. Like, all right, you you're gonna get to the bottom of it. Like they're sitting around in the spirit world smoking a joint. He's like, watch, watch this. Yeah, watch <laughs> I'm gonna do. make the gloves go in. <laughs> this miserable lady. <laughs> so these gloves float in on on each side of this this floating lamp and these light bulbs. Then they float towards Maud, going in like this grabbing motion, <laughs> like they're grabbing at her. Oh yeah. And she she freaked out and started screaming about how the gloves were possessed by the devil. That was enough for her and. Yeah. And she See? left. See you, Maud. Not, not possessed by the kids. It was the devil. She figured it out. <laughs> she learned. I'll go home and wash your fucking milk hair. <laughs> Very angry. I can't stand Maud. this woman. I hate this woman. <laughs> She's instantly on the level of Betty Hill. Get out of here. He's projecting something there on the <laughs> I know, that's, why like, that's why I asked if there's a family member that no? pisses him off. <laughs> I have delightful aunts and delightful family members. I don't have an Aunt Maud. He had like a babysitter that played with his peepee or something. That was her name was Maud. <laughs> Maybe so. I just don't know. I like blocked out that memory. Now you can do some hypnosis and figure it out. Yeah, that'll do it. I'll be over here crying like Barney Hill, getting all freaked out like he did on his tape. That poor man. So with no end in sight for for Fred causing problems for the Pritchards, like all poltergeists, he continued to grow in what he was able to do. One night, the family was sitting in the living room, and they witnessed eggs floating out of the kitchen (laughs) to the living room, and these eggs would just kind of hang in the air for a second and then just hurl to the floor like someone threw them down. And weird, they when they exploded, the room filled with the smell of fresh flowers. I would love to see some shit like that. That would be wild. Oh, yeah. It'd be crazy. To see like our beer cans get up and start floating around like in a circle. (laughs) It'd be amazing. I would love that. I feel like Fred would start like cheers in the beer cans together. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be freaking great. Jean thinking like, she's like, all right, I'm not, I'm not doing this right now. She grabbed a box, filled it with the eggs and sat on top of it. And out loud said something to the effect of, 
let's see you break any more eggs or something like that. Oh, don't do that. Calling them out. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Then from around the corner, an egg floats in, broke on the floor, smelled like fresh flowers. Gene opened the box and there was an egg missing. (laughs) And it just kept, Fred kept doing this until there were no eggs left in the box. It's a really, that's a really weird aspect of it that you don't really hear with that, like just making something manifest like that. Mm. So we talked about this before we started recording. Do you think that if they didn't really ever challenge Fred and just kind of played it off like, oh, that's our ghost. He likes to joke around. Would it have ever really escalated or could they he had just been like a friendly ghost to them who like occasionally like move stuff around and you're like, oh, Fred, don't do that instead of like challenging it because it doesn't seem like he's as angry as other poltergeist occurrences that we've discussed. And even this activity is just mildly fucking right. Them. It's yeah. not like yeah. choking them or anything. I mean, you know, pinning the the girl under the the bookshelf. Yeah, is that was dangerous. Nice. That one wasn't nice. But again, that's when they were pushing and pushing. You know, you bring dreadful Aunt Maud in. That's pushing and pissing them off. I wonder if they just would have been like, "Oh, Fred, cut it out, you silly thing." Would it have ever really gotten worse? Yeah, good point. Yeah, I, don't I like to think sure. if I had a ghost like that, he would just be like a friend. Like just a drinking buddy. Like, hey, Fred, can you just bring me a beer? And he's like, a beer floats in. <laughs> oh, that, that would be amazing. amazing. Old Stone Cold Steve Austin style. He throws it to me across the room. <laughs> Around this time, Reverend Davey was contacted again. But this time, they asked him to do an exorcism on the house. Instead of doing anything, he gave holy water to Gene's brother-in-law, Vic, and basically was like, have at it. Oh, well, that'll fix it. <laughs> so Vic took it upon himself to walk through the house and, throwing holy, and throw holy water throughout the rooms. When he was done, Gene asked him how long the reverend said this would take to work. And at that moment, water started trickling down the walls, like almost mocking what he had done. See, now you're pissing him off. Mm-hmm. Also, this Reverend Davey, he really doesn't give a shit about helping people. No, he's like, I'm good. Move, you're going to die. Here's (laughs) some water. Take care of it yourself. That night, like almost in retaliation, Fred beat on the walls constantly until 5 a.m. and pulled Diane out of her bed numerous times. So he's just knocking on walls. and Now he's being a dick. I mean, yeah. the, when I start getting pulled out of my bed, that's time to go. Yeah. yeah, that's when it's no longer fun or yeah. friendly. Or banging on the walls till 5 a.m. Like, motherfucker, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> the next day was pretty quiet until the evening when Diane was doing her hair. While she was looking in the mirror, a brass crucifix flew off a nearby wall and stuck to her back. Jean tried to pull it off Diane, but it, it wouldn't come off. And so Diane gets scared and ran down the hall to her room, and by the time she got to the room, the crucifix fell off, but it left a red mark that lasted for several days. Was it upside down? Uh, mm. I don't know. It can be if we want it to be. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> and it didn't hurt her at all? Like, it was just a red mark was there, but it wasn't, like, like bruised or, like, yeah. she wasn't in pain, and mm-hmm. it didn't burn her. Right. Maybe it was Jesus trying to get her to come to the Lord. Maybe this all is just Jesus. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's a recruiting technique they were trying out. <laughs> they were trying out, like just God yeah. and yeah. Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, they had right. an executive council <laughs> meeting. Let's try this. Eggs. Let's go with that. Between April and May of 1969, Fred had manifested to full force. And during these encounters is where he kind of starts to get the name of the Black Monk. Witnessed by everyone in the family Everyone we've mentioned so far, and many of the people in the community, Fred started to appear as a dark hooded figure that people could physically see standing in front of them. 
That's a whole different story. Yeah. What's interesting is that happened after the holy water incident, too. That's kind of mm. interesting timing. And that and like every poltergeist story, it just like progressively gets like just, they get stronger and stronger. Yeah, like feeding off the energy and Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like if you just keep a playful energy towards it, is it gonna progress and get worse? I would like I there know. to be a story where they like were just like laughing it off and playing with him and, and I wonder how that would have went. Or would he get mad that you're not taking him seriously? But you hear that people say that, like I had a ghost in the house and then he just would turn the lights off and stuff and they go, oh, ha ha ha. Yeah. Turn them back on. People, people tell those tales. I don't, I think I might've told this once my, one of my best friends growing up, his mom would always tell us at their old house, they had a ghost that they named George. And they said, they'd be like, when people would come over, they'd be like, George, you know, no one would believe him. George, show him that you're real. And a lamp would fall over. And she said one night their oldest son was still a baby in a crib and on the monitor, they saw that the baby wasn't in the crib anymore. It was like a newborn. It was like on the floor. So she went in there and she's like, George, I don't care what you do. Don't ever touch my kid again. George never did. They eventually went to move and she's like, George, don't follow us. We're moving. And that was the end of it. That's what she told me. I don't know Hmm. if it was a ghost story or not, but it always creeped me out. That's interesting. I'd like to see that. But they said they they weren't the only time she ever got mad was when she t- the the ghost touched the baby and she gave it a you know a stern talking to you have one day and, <laughs> and uh and then that was it like he didn't he would just do little playful things like knock things over I'd like to see it yeah I don't know if I'd want to live with that in my house because I'd always feel like I'm being watched right but like George. Are you watching me jerk off, buddy? Yeah. You in, you in here? Are you judging me because I'm looking at Casey Anthony pictures right now? George is like, for God's sakes, man, it's been five hours. Finish already. They found they're not guilty, all right? Not guilty. You finish or I'm going to finish you for you. Like, all right, George, I'm done. I'm out. Get a poltergeist hand job. That part doesn't sound too bad. Would you name your poltergeist Casey? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> with with him manifesting, he even started to manifest in the neighbor's house that shared a wall with the Pritchards. One day she was doing dishes when she felt a presence behind her, and she thought it was her nephew sneaking up on her to scare her. When she turned around, she was met with this dark figure dressed in a monk's habit with a hood over its head, and a few seconds later he disappeared. Like, that's creepy. Like that's 10 seconds shitting your so. pants time, no? Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. That's kind of, isn't there, like, that's what people say often. They'll wake up in the middle of the night and see, like, that dark presence kind of, like, looking at them or, like, a hooded thing. That's just, mm. that's terrifying. That I could not live with. No. I, how could you ever sleep? I don't know. I would be never. on edge all the time. Yeah. I would have been in a hotel long yeah, me too. before I got to this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would have dealt with it this long. Fred's knocking on the walls had also turned into just from like tapping, loud knocking to like deafening bangs that were starting to crack the ceilings and walls in the Pritchard's home. And there were even cracks going into the, into the neighbor's home. Fred also began to make auditory noises that were described as heavy breathing or loud snoring. Jesus. Like they said, they'd be like sleeping in bed, like Gene and Joe would be laying in bed and at their door, they would hear like this, it's like a snoring noise. Like the fucking Ultimate Warriors there. He's like, <laughs> the power of the warriors pulsing through your veins. <laughs> I'd be okay with the Ultimate Warrior visiting me in the middle of the night. 
But that's what he did. That's how he, he snorted and breathed like that. Oh, that's funny. The black monk needs a CPAP machine, apparently. <laughs> Fred also started to get more aggressive with physically interacting with people in the home as well. People would feel like they were pushed from behind, smacked, or in some cases, like someone was grabbed by the sides of their head and wouldn't be able to like move their head for a couple <laughs> seconds like he wouldn't let them go. This is like the Invisible Three Stooges show. <laughs> <laughs> like I would watch that. Ian, uh, Ian and I's heads clunk together. <laughs> you get poked in the eyes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we all get smacked in a straight line. Everything came to a head when the lights in the whole house went out and Gene and Joe were walking around looking for a flashlight when they heard Diane scream. They came running around to find Diane being dragged from behind up the stairs to the second floor. And after she was let go, Diane had red fingerprints on her neck that turned into bruises that lasted for days. So Fred's being an asshole at this point. He's stepping it up here. Yeah. And that was at the Pritchards. They had enough. They were like, all right, this is, we're done with it. And Joe went to anyone he could think of for advice how to get Fred out of the house interesting there's a lot of ghost folklore in scotland and one of joe's scottish friends told him that it's custom to hang garlic in houses over there to ward off ghosts and vampires too yeah that's what you always think of as vampires but yeah. i guess it's like a big thing over there with ghosts i wonder where that came from originally with the garlic mm. maybe we'll get into that on a vampire episode there you yeah. go joe figured why not they had tried you know other things like the exorcism. Well, not really. They tried the exorcism, but the, the priest didn't well, really Reverend want to help. Davey. He's like, yeah. uh-uh. <laughs> Here's some water. Go try that. Yeah. Joe went to the store and, to buy some garlic. And as soon as he hung up this garlic in the house, Fred was gone. That was it. That was it. That huh? was all it took. Never came back after that. Could have sold the day one, maybe. Does it have to be garlic? What if he went and bought like frozen, like Texas toast, like the garlic bread? <laughs> I just picture like little chunks of bread <laughs> hanging around the house, but it's garlic bread. And then when you're done, it's delicious. You cook it up and eat it. You just walk by and take a bite. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind garlic bread hanging all over my house. That Texas Sounds toast great. is fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just garlic bread hanging all over your house. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Put it right over the toilet so when you're standing there peeing, you just gnawing on it, eating it. So let's get into where, um, where Fred started to become the Black Monk. When investigators looked at the history of the house, between looking at the history of the house and Fred manifesting into this dark figure wearing a, a black monk's habit, they found some interesting stuff. This investigator, Tom Kniff, found that not only had the area where the house was built on once been the site of a battle, but it had also been used as ta the town gallows, and hundreds of people had been executed there, like right on top of where this house was built. But they didn't tell him that when they bought it. <laughs> in particular, there was supposedly a monk who had been hanged there after being found guilty of raping and killing a young girl that was around Diane's age back in the 16th century. There is also evidence to suggest that this monk was put to death false and was falsely accused for that crime. That it was actually it was his brother that did it and he mm. got blamed for it. So Tom Kniff believed that the monk spirit was the one haunting the house, and that's where the black monk comes from. Fits. You mean to tell me someone was falsely accused of a crime? <laughs> that doesn't happen. In the 1500s, mm -hmm. that didn't happen? Yeah. <laughs> Glad that death penalty worked out for him, huh? 
So speaking of death penalty, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> was that on the bonus show or the Sunday show? Sunday show. This say you wanted to say to come live at your house because you didn't right. want him executed. Come on, live with me. <laughs> Could be your personal come chef. Eat, eat my ass. This say. <laughs> <laughs> Not literally. Fast forwarding a bunch of years, British advertiser and film producer. What's a fun name, Bill yeah. Bungay? Bill Bungay. <laughs> purchased the home well after the Pritchards had died and turned it into this kind of tourist destination where you can kind of go there and stay the night, do stuff like that. Um, he would later have this story made into the 2012 horror film When the Lights Go Out, directed by Pat Holden, which is, from what I read, very loosely based on the real events. The film crew supposedly had uh, had some paranormal experiences while making the movie which are supposedly partly filmed on the location. Mm. I don't know if that's just hyping up the movie or mm. what. You guys should, um, you know, through the the Discord on Patreon, you guys have a little movie club with some of the other listeners. Maybe you guys should add this to the list. It'll it's pair true. nicely with this episode. Not a bad idea. We can do that. Just throwing it out there. And, I mean, to this day, it it remains a hot spot for people to go there and investigate, you know, stay stay at the house. There's been plenty of allegations that this was all a hoax or a publicity stunt um, and that there was just never a haunting at all. But that ignores the fact that the whole town knew about this haunting. It was witnessed by numerous people, uh, neighbors, friends, the police officers, you know, at least two priests and the mayor. And the biggest thing is that the Pritchards never went public with it or tried to make money with it. Like we talked about in the beginning. Mm-hmm. This happened, the town knew about it, and they were tracked down by Colin Wilson for his book in the 80s. What was the story with the Pritchards then when they finally did peace out? Did they move out of town? Did they just move to another house? I think they just did moved they... to a different house. And that was it? They just, everyone kind of forgot about, didn't forget, but everyone just kind of stopped talking about those incidents? Like, do we know what happened to the house after they sold it? Did anything happen to the new owners? Or there's no, no. real record of anything. So the garlic might have actually scared him off. Yeah. That's why I wonder about like with the guy that bought it and turned it into like this tourist kind of things. And you can still do that now. There's a lot of those, you know, YouTube shows where they're spending the night there. And, yeah. You know, the wind blows. They're like, oh my God, did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> you ever see the South Park where they make fun of the ghost, uh, not ghost adventures, but one of those ghosts, whatever the big popular one is. I can't mm. remember the name of it, but we're, uh, like ghost hunters or something. It's like one that. of those, yeah. And he starts, uh, he starts pissing his pants <laughs> when they're doing the ghost hunting thing. He's like, "Oh, it's warm. It's, do you get the spirits warm?" <laughs> you just see, like, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, but I, I, and I always, I like poltergeist stories. They're interesting because it gets into that whole thought of if you, if people believe it enough, is it possible to manifest something? Right. Which is what the whole Philip thing that we were talking about. Yeah, right. yeah, you're getting into the world of Talpas at that point, which is cool. Yeah, this really is cool. an interesting story. It's a fun one. Like I was thinking about it the other night, and I almost wonder if like like ghost hunting, like just general ghosts where people go to things and they're looking for stuff. Like w- maybe if um, like if everybody there believes it, it starts to something manifest. Mm. Yeah. But then sometimes when they're out hunting and maybe someone in the group is like, yeah. I don't really buy it or whatever, so they don't get anything that time. I don't know. It's an interesting like question. Like maybe there is no afterlife or actual dead people haunting anything. It's just all a talpa. Yeah. I I can get into that line of reason. 
And now I think you said this, we did all the big poltergeist stories. That I know of, if anybody right. else knows any that have a lot of substance to them, I'm more than happy to do a poltergeist story. I think they're fun. They're a nice change of pace, too. Mm-hmm. I like with the the movie where it says it's based, uh, you know, loosely based on real events. You see that in a lot of movies. And the one I remember was, remember The Strangers? Oh, yeah. yeah. Was that based on events? And they asked the director, like, what event? And he's like, oh, when... Uh, when I was a kid, someone knocked on my door. And I didn't know who it was. <laughs> yeah, like asking for like a ride or, or something. <laughs> like, and, and so that that, that I heard concept, that same thing. Yeah, yeah based on few events. And then this whole movie takes off, which was actually a really good movie. Oh, I like that. I love it. Strangers Two, not so much. Yeah, that was not that great. I didn't see that one. The first one was amazing. The first though. one creeped me out. Texas Chainsaw was that the first one to say that it was based on real events. Mm, it's true. I think it was the first one because people were pretty like, oh, shit. Hear more about that and Ed Gein available in the archives. Yeah, that needs to be revisited <laughs> one of these days. Well, him and Ed Kemper, I think. We'll do both. So, I don't know. It, and this got me back into the Men in Black. I was doing, I was looking at the Men in Black because every time I, I think like of Tulpas, I think of Men in Black. And we might be visiting that one in a few weeks. Yeah. Those stories are great. Card subject to change, but. As always. This is a fun story. All right, Ian, you got anything else for this one? No, no. I have nothing for this one. Right. Dave, you got anything else? No, no, I don't. I, no. I, I, I asking. believe in it, though. I do believe in this one. I do. I believe in Talpa, the idea of it. I believe that. something weird was happening. Like, I don't think that they're just making this up. Clearly, they weren't looking for publicity or anything out of it, and enough people saw something. Well, that's what I mean. It's like they kept they kept inviting people in, and that happens with other poltergeists, like the Enfield one. You keep bringing people in, people keep feeding into it, and it just gets, gets stronger and stronger. The Enfield one, I didn't believe. That was one with the kids, right, where the girls were laughing in the interview, and the one girl was, like, talking under her breath and was, like, doing the ventriloquism. Like the, well, they accused her of ventriloquism. Well, because everyone had to turn around for the voice to speak and stuff. Yeah. That one I did not believe. This one I lean more towards believing of the ones we've discussed, I think. I'm undecided. I don't know. I need to see this myself. Yeah, that would definitely help. So if there's any poltergeists out there that want to come visit us, come on. We'd love to don't have come, you get... Don't get come a, to my house. <laughs> get us some beers. <laughs> Go to Mike's house. Benevolent ones only, please. Yeah, please. (laughs) All right, we got a couple. uh, We got uh, quite a few patron shout outs. Um, Had a bunch of new people sign up over the last 10 days or so since we last recorded. Uh, Special thank you to Nicholas Leach, Sandra Mond, Annie Morrison, Jenny White, Scullert, Mercedes Roland Lutman, Kelsey Roberts, John Cafaza, Whitney Nolan, Isla Cummins, The Game Family, Jessica Pedersen, Ryan Guerrero, Percy S., Tara Reicher, Richard Nevada, Sarah Wilson, Daniel Mazik, Danielle Mazik, uh, Joanna Ellie, Shellshock, Jay Wyatt, Caitlin Musselwhite, Amanda Algebori, Prehistoric Dog, Casey Brown, and Thicky John. Thank you guys very much. A lot of patrons. Mm-hmm. Prehistoric dog. Nice. Well, <laughs> I like that. Well, I like shell shock. It's two <laughs> words. Shell shock. Boom. So anyways, <laughs> thank you, patrons. We appreciate your guys' support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, it's patreon.com slash Necronomapod. $1 tier gets you a shout out on the show. The $5 tier gets you um, three bonus episodes a month. We will have bonus episodes coming out the next two weeks to finish out February. And uh, you also get access to the private uh, Discord chat room. So thank you guys very much.
We are also, I think we might have talked about it once already, but at the end of the month, our bonus episode is going to be a JonBenet Ramsey call-in show. We want to hear what your guys' take is on it. It seemed to be a pretty popular uh, conversation on the social media. So I think we're going to record that on the night of Wednesday the 26th and have it released on Thursday the 27th. Uh, it will be for patrons only. So if you're interested in being a part of that, you can sign up at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. We would love to hear your guys' takes and theories on the JonBenet murder. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll is be it, in a couple is weeks. it true that you took notes of all the in your poll of all the people who like pineapple on your pizza and you're excluding them from this call? Yes, because of their flawed logic. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> Just We're also investigating that we have um, we have some uh, evidence that shows the polls might have been tampered with. Interesting. Yeah. So we'll see. Our, our security team's looking into it. All right, which shout-outs uh, we got, Ian? <laughs> for iTunes, I have one for JTE2243. This next one, they look like they just hit their keyboard, so I can't say that name, but thank you. <laughs> Darth Kaz, Mayor McDickcheese. Now this, this, uh, this fucking clown. <laughs> called us cringy. That's but a, I would go oh, as, so original. <laughs> Get in line, pal. Everyone thinks we're cringy. I would go as far to say that uh, that your username is equally as cringy. So so someone's name is Mayor McDickcheese, and they're calling us cringy. <laughs> okay. And he still gave us a decent amount of stars, didn't he? <laughs> Three. Yeah. Who can't be that awful. <laughs> batting above 500 there. Um, well, thanks, Dick Cheese. <laughs> Mayor to you. Yeah. Not to me, pal. <laughs> Dia MPLS, J Byerly, 00, Teacher Julia, Cavazaz, Bree Lore, nineteen ninety, J Voss W, Mateo, twenty twenty, Dish Soaps, and that is it. Thank you guys for the reviews. A awesome. bunch of them. And also, too, I want to. I read a lot of patron names. If I butchered your name in any way, please reach out to us and let us know. I will correct it uh, on the next episode. I apologize. I had a whole list of names and tried to get through them swiftly. So if I did mess up your name, let us know and we'll uh, correct it. That's nice of you. I try, Dave. What do you got? On Instagram, torn up clouds. I think this person made a Dave's old joke, so you can go fuck yourself. Boom, <laughs> Boom roasted. <laughs> Michael J H and his friends are uh, serving over in Afghanistan. Guys, really appreciate you listening. Uh, thank you for your service. And in my veg, is that a typo? It's supposed to be in my veg. <laughs> spit out my drink. In my, in my veg. I double checked. All right. Cool name. In my veg. In my veg might be a little better, but it might have been taken. True. Twitter is a big world or Instagram, whatever that was on Instagram. So thanks everyone. Appreciate it. Okay. Well, that's it. We got through a morning show. Now what the fuck? I usually go home and go to sleep. Now what am I supposed to do? Oh, I'm all sober. Yeah. Got the whole day ahead of us. (laughs) Some day drinking, maybe. I think that's actually going to (laughs) occur. Getting, you know, got to lay a nice base of alcohol to wake up tomorrow and start drinking alcohol. True. Big Daytona party. By the time you guys are all hearing this, if you're listening on Sunday, I'm already shit-faced. Just know that. Power hour has already been completed. Yeah. Well, at noon on Sunday, it will have been. They might already have it listened to before then. True. You know, some of those diehards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, at Necronomapod. As always, we like hearing from you guys, so give us a follow or reach out to us. Send us a message. Um, it's always fun chatting with you guys. And again, patreon.com slash Necronomapod. All right, you guys ready for a cool down latte? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Cheers. Or maybe a Diet Coke or something. <laughs>